Hey guys, it's Scott. I just want to thank you for tuning into the Blue Ridge Church podcast. You know, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it's inspiring to you. And I pray most of all, it's going to help you on your faith journey. So enjoy today. Well, welcome to Blue Ridge Church. It's great to have you with us today. Those of you on our online campus that are here, I'll go ahead and encourage you if you've got that Church Center app and you want to follow along with our notes, you can open that up. Right now, if you're here for the first time or you don't have that app, you can scan the QR code in your seat back. That's if you want to follow along with the notes. They'll also be on the side screen. So before we jump in, I just want to cover the rest of our schedule for this year, uh, for the Christmas season. Next Sunday, we'll have regular service times again, 9 and 1030, with a very special guest, Mama Crockett's Donuts. Listen, if you've never had a Mama Crockett's warm donut, you do not want to miss next Sunday. It's going to be awesome. But then on Christmas Eve, we're going to have two afternoon service times on Christmas Eve, one at 1 p.m., one at 3 p.m. We do extended worship on Christmas Eve. We'll finish up this series that we've been in, and then we will close by celebrating communion together as a church family. So I want to invite you to that, encourage you to bring your friends Um, people are more open to Christ this time of year than just about any other time of the year. And then on Sunday, the 26th of December, we do not have services. We take that last Sunday off to honor all of our hundreds of volunteers that pull this place off every week. And truthfully, to honor you, and we encourage you to worship at home with your family, friends, however you see fit. Then January 2nd, we'll be back here at 9 and 1030, and we'll kick off a brand new series. So make sure you mark your calendars for that. Well, if you were with us last week, we kicked off the Christmas series, Christmas 2021. And what we're doing each week is we're looking at a Christmas song. We're looking at a Christmas carol, and we're focusing in on some of the lyrics to hopefully drive us to the, the true reason that we celebrate Christmas, but also the truths that we learn and the tie-ins with Scripture, that they will stay with us for years and years to come as we re-sing these songs over and over again. And each week, obviously, our wonderful worship team is going to perform those songs. So last week, we looked at, O Come All Ye Faithful, joyful and triumphant. That's the first line of that song. And we know that a lot of times we don't feel faithful and joyful and triumphant. But we learned that it's only through Christ that we can be joyful and triumphant and faithful in our walk with him. So today we're going to look at another one of those O Christmas carols, and we're going to look at O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And I want to read you the lyrics of of this song because the worship team didn't perform every single verse of this song. And I want you just to listen to this. O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. O come thy rod of Jesse, free thine own from Satan's tyranny. From depths of hell thy people save and give them victory over the grave. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Here's the third one. O come, desire of nations, bind in one the hearts of all mankind. Bid thou our sad division cease, and be thyself our king of peace. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to thee, 
O Israel. Now you hear those lyrics and you're either like, huh? Or, or you're like, wow, you know, that is, that is so deep. And what we need to understand is this song, the lyrics were originally written somewhere between the 8th and the 12th century. They don't know exactly, but that's kind of the time period that they put it in. And it was originally written in Latin. That's that language that those of you that are above 40 learned in high school, and you've yet to use this day, right? Unless you're a doctor or something. But take heart, because we don't have to go back to the original Latin and, and listen to it on the radio. We've got Kelly Clarkson in her version now on the radio. So that's all good. But w- when you go through these lyrics, really, there's only one word that I want to focus on today, and that is Emmanuel. And if you're taking notes or, or wondering what that means, it simply means God with us. That's all I got for you today. You know, thanks for being here. I told Matt, I said, I'll take O come, O come, Emmanuel. That should be pretty simple uh, to do. But it means truly, in seriousness, it means God is with us. And if you went to church around Christmas time as a kid, or, or you come to Christmas time, you know, as an adult to church, you have grown up to learn exactly what that means. God is with us. And you may be thinking, well, we don't use that word, Emmanuel, in society today that much. You hear it at Christmas, but we don't use it in society. And I would probably argue that point because how many times have we prayed, God be with us, right? God be with my family, God, be with me as I take this new job. God, be with my kids as they transition from middle school to high school. God, be with our marriage. God, be with us this Christmas because we have to put up with our relatives. Whatever it is, we constantly pray Emmanuel. We constantly ask God to be with us. So what does it mean, God, be with us? And I want to go back and I want to look at the beginning of Matthew, and then we're going to jump a little bit into the Christmas story to really see what that means. Matthew 121 says this, and she will have a son and you are to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Now, this was the announcement that people wanted to hear for centuries. They were waiting on the Messiah. This is the good news of the gospel. This is why we have faith. This is why we're here. This is what the Christmas story is really all about. And then Matthew goes on and he says in verse 22, all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Now, what's Matthew talking about there? And and we'll just stop right here for a minute because what Matthew's getting ready to do is he's getting ready to quote the Old Testament prophet Isaiah. In the very next verse, Matthew 1.23, we'll show in a minute, but that is Isaiah 7.14. If you go back and you cross-reference or you look in the Old Testament, that's what he's doing. He's quoting what Isaiah prophesied some 700 and some years before Jesus was ever born. So God gives this message to Isaiah to tell the people you know, about Mary and that she's going to conceive a child and he's going to be called Emmanuel. And I don't know about you, but that's pretty amazing to be able to predict something that's going to occur 700, and I think it was 40 years into the future. 
That's impossible. I mean, that'd be like us today saying, you know what, we're going to predict who the Super Bowl winner is going to be 740 years from now. And we're going to know every single statistic of that game. How many yards rushing? How many yards passing? We're going to know all the players' names and the team's names. That would be impossible. If it wasn't impossible, we'd all be signing up for FanDuel, right? We'd be getting our phones out. We'd be getting our accounts. But it's impossible to predict something like that in the future. Unless you're God, right? Unless you're God. And so Matthew one twenty three. here's what he writes. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And what the angel said to the people would have blown them away. This would have been totally difficult for them to comprehend because that's not how they saw God, that God is with them. They would have known from you know, their teachings from the religious leaders. They would have known from the Old Testament prophets that, that God is too holy, right? You can't see him. You can't be with him. They would have known the story of Moses and how Moses, you know, had to turn his face, hide his face from the full presence of God, that he couldn't comprehend, he couldn't handle the full-blown presence of God. These people that heard this announcement, they would have known that God resided in the Holy of Holies in the temple. That one section of the temple that only the priest was allowed to go into one time a year to burn incense. And, and, you know, tradition says they tied a rope around that priest's leg in case the priest died, they could pull him out because nobody was allowed in there except that priest one time a year. So that's how they would have pictured God. And then all of a sudden, Matthew writes, oh, he's with us. This, this announcement is God is with us. That would have been very difficult for them to understand. So what is it that made the shepherds run back to their fields rejoicing? What is it that made the wise men, when they saw the baby Jesus, you know, kneel down and bow down and worship? And it was this. And it's our first learning, learning number one. God is not some distant, far off, or uninvolved God. He is with us. And truly, that's the best news ever. But the problem is, those of us that are are Christ followers, if I say that God is with you, a lot of times... We don't believe that. We look at what's going on in our life and we look at our circumstances and we're like, I don't believe God's with me. I don't see any evidence of that. Now, listen, if you're here and, or watching and you don't believe God, you shouldn't feel that God is with you. I, I get that. You haven't started a relationship with Christ yet. You're not doing anything wrong if you don't feel that. But as a Christ follower, we should know that God is always with us. And I understand a lot of us, we're in a difficult spot right now. Some of you are in a very difficult spot. And Christmas is the great magnifier of that. It magnifies great times in life, right? But it also is a great magnifier of very painful times in our life and very painful things that we've had to go through. And maybe in your life right now, there's, there's some tension. 
right? You know something's wrong. Maybe it's something's wrong with your health. Maybe it's something in your marriage or it's in your job, but there's something going on and you're like, I don't buy that God is with me. I don't buy this Emmanuel thing. I mean, if, if, if God was with me, why is he allowing this to happen to me? Why did he allow this to happen in our life? Or others of us, we hear that, you know, God's with you, and we think back on our past, and we think back on something we've done, and we're so ashamed of what we've done, we think, well, there's no way that God would want to be with me because of what, what, what's happened in my life. So here, here's my goal for the time that we have together today is that when we leave here, we are convinced beyond the shadow of a doubt that God is with us. God has always been with us and God's always going to be with us. Because I'm telling you, if we can get that one simple truth cemented into our life, it changes everything. Our life will never be the same if we fully realize that God truly is with us. So let's look at right before you know, the traditional Christmas story we read every year. Let's look at Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 28. In the sixth year, or, or in the sixth month, that'd be a long pregnancy, wouldn't it? <laughs> Holly. In the, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Now, what's the first thing you notice from that passage? That's a very friendly angel, right? Okay, I got that. Now, what, what do we notice? He says, You are favored. And he reminds her, The Lord is with you. Emmanuel. So this very first truth that Gabriel proclaims to Mary that she needs to, uh, needs to know because God's getting ready to do something very difficult in her life is that, hey, you are favored and God is with you. Those of you that are hurting right now, going through a trial, you need to know God is with you. He's going to comfort you just like he's comforting Mary right now because he's comforting her and preparing her because she's going to do something that is way beyond her earthly ability to do. And again, if we can grasp that God is with us, it's going to change everything. Whether in the middle of a trial, whether we're sick, whether we're discouraged or hurt or heartbroken, we have to understand that he's there. And here's something else. Arnie number two, God has always been with us. It's not just that he's with us today. He's always been with us. Ever since you started a relationship with Christ, God has been with you. Listen to John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. And every time I say the word, you could, you could substitute in Jesus. But in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God, and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. So God's always been with us. Christ has always been with us from the very beginning. And when we look back on our lives now, that's easy to see, right? I think it's so much easier to see God in the rearview mirror than it is to see God in the present, right? 
We can look back on our life now and we can see times that, yeah, God was truly with me. But I bet when we were going through those times, we doubted that God was there. We wondered why God was allowing this to happen or that to happen. I think about the story in the Old Testament of the Old Testament Joseph. And a lot of you know this story, so I'll just kind of summarize it for you. But Joseph was one of the 12 children of Jacob. And his children eventually became the, the nation of Israel, right? Well, Joseph was the second youngest. And he, God gives him this dream when he's young that he's going to be a great leader and, and his brothers are going to basically bow down to him or come to him for assistance. So he has this dream from God, so he tells his brothers. Well, his brothers didn't take too kindly to that. You know, you don't tell your older brother, hey, one day you're going you're gonna to bow down to me, right? That's not going to go over well. But that's what he did. And his brothers decided, well, you're being cocky, you know, you're being prideful. And they decided to put him to death. So they throw him in a well and they leave him for dead. But one of the brothers feels guilty about that and says, let's, let's not take his life. Let's just sell him into slavery, get some money out of him. So they sell him into slavery. He becomes a slave in Egypt. He works his way up, does really well, and then he's falsely accused of something that he didn't do, and he's thrown into prison. And if you were to stop reading that book, uh, the book of Genesis and that story at that point, you, you'd look at that story and you're like, God's not with him. You know, God promised him this, and now he's in prison. And I'm sure Joseph, sitting in that prison, wondered often, God, did, did I hear you wrong? Did I hear that dream wrong? Are you with me? But if you keep reading, you realize God was with him the whole time. God was constantly working behind the scenes. God actually used Joseph to save Egypt and so many other nations from a severe famine that lasted for seven years. Uh, listen to Genesis thirty-nine twenty-one. But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. I really doubt at certain moments through that journey, when he's in the well, when he's a slave, when he's in prison, that Joseph really thought that God was with him. But when he became a great leader in Egypt and saved all these people from starvation, I bet you when he looked back on his life, he's like, yeah, God was with me. And I think all of us can do that. We can look back at things that happened in our life. And now we can see, yeah, God was with me through that. I, I think about when we started the church. And it literally came down to the wire of finding a place to meet. And I know Justin and I and some of that launch team were like, God, did we really hear from you correctly? You know, are, are you with us right now? Or, or, or times when we were trying to make ends meet or when we outgrew the space in the middle school and they wanted us out of there and, and nothing was available. I know I doubted God a lot, but now I look back and I know some of you can look back. There's people here today that were with us in those original uh, services. We can look back now and say, yeah, God was with us. There was a lot of things at the moment didn't seem like it, but they were. He was. I look at my own personal life and, and you know, uh, my relationship with my wife and decisions we've made with our kids and, and different moves and different things that have happened. And, and at the time, I know we did. God, are you sure this is what 
we're supposed to do? Is this really what you want, you want us to do? But now looking back, it all makes sense. I can see, okay, I, I know why I was here and why I was here and why we had to go here. And, and I can connect the dots and I can see that God was with us that whole time. But I know all through that journey, I constantly doubted God. So what is it in your life? You know that you're doubting right now that God is with you. Or, or go back and take a, a picture five years ago or ten years ago and look at your life. And I guarantee you can see God clearly now. But you probably couldn't see him so clearly back then. And here's the cool thing. God's not just with us. It's not that just he has been with us. He's going to be with us tomorrow. He's going to be with us in the future no matter what we have to face, no matter what we're, we're going to encounter. Why? Because he's Emmanuel, God with us. I, I mean, think about Mary for a minute. When this angel comes and, and tells her this and what she's got to go through. She's a teenager. Theologians estimate her age was like 13 or 14 years old. Imagine that. Imagine if she could have seen her future and those words that the angel spoke, the Lord is with you. And she could see her future through those words. She would have said something like, you know, the Lord's going to be with me when I have to go have a conversation with Joseph. Right? Because that, that was a difficult conversation, I guarantee you. The Lord's going to be with me when I give birth to the Savior of the world. The Lord's going to be with me when... Jesus is two years old and we're having to run for our lives because somebody's trying to kill him. The Lord's going to be with me when Jesus is 12 and we can't find him and we figure out he's at the synagogue. The Lord's going to be with me when I'm at that wedding and that family runs out of wine and Jesus turns water into wine. She could have seen her future with that promise. She would have said, you know, the Lord's going to be with me when my son's falsely accused. The Lord's going to be with me when they place my son on a cross and they crucify him for the world's sins. The Lord's also going to be with me when that tomb is empty and when I see my son again. Imagine. See, if we could see our future and have that promise that God's going to be with us, we would know. It changes everything. Romans 8, 38 through 39 says this, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Folks, nothing can separate us from Emmanuel, from the love of Christ. Not death, not angels, not demons, not our fears or worries or insecurities. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ because he truly is Emmanuel. He's with us. We will never, ever be alone. So anytime we hear that song or, 
or hear those lyrics or even hear the word Emmanuel at Christmas time or anytime we ask God, hey, God, be with me, we need to know we're not alone. Revelation chapter 1, verse 8. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God. I am the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come, the Almighty One. God is with us, Emmanuel. So the question I think that we have to answer is, are we with God? God's with me. Am I with God? That's the only question that needs to be answered. That's the only question that needs to be answered while we're here on this earth. God's with me, but am I with God? Do I have a relationship with God through his son, Jesus? It doesn't matter what age you are, what stage of life you are. doesn't matter your past, your background. doesn't matter anything as long as you answer that question. And what we need to understand when we consider how we answer that question is nothing. God wants nothing else more than having a relationship with each and every one of us. That's why he sent Jesus that very first Christmas morning. Why? He, he wanted to reveal who he is. He's not some standoff, obscure God. He's a personal God. He wanted to, to show us his love, his character, his grace, his nature, his goodness. So I think that's the first question we got to answer. Okay, Emmanuel means God's with me. Am I with God? And listen, if your answer, whether you're here, whether you're watching, is no, I respect that. I really do. But I would encourage you to ask another question. Why? Why don't I have a relationship with Christ? What is holding me back from saying yes to Jesus? You owe yourself that other question. And, and just be honest about it. Maybe, maybe you're embarrassed. Maybe because of what you've seen on TV or what you've seen of people in your neighborhood that say, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. You're embarrassed and, and you're worried about what people are going to say. Maybe you're afraid you're going to have to lose some fun or something's going to have to change in your life or you're going to have to give something up. Just be honest about that. But let me tell you this, no, no matter what you've heard growing up, no matter what you've seen or, or what you've witnessed, a relationship with Christ is the start of an amazing journey. It truly is. Anybody watching, anybody in here that has a relationship with Christ will tell you that. It's an amazing journey. It's, it's putting a stake in the ground and saying, you know what? I'm going to be made right with God. I'm going to get my life straight. I'm going I'm to get forgiveness of my sins. I'm going to receive eternal life. That's what Jesus offers. That's why this was such good news. He forgives our sins. He, he gives us eternal life, but not just that. He gives us a reason for living today until we're called away from this earth. Gives us a purpose in life. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 through 6 says this, This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants, who? Everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. For there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Jesus Christ. He gave his life to purchase the freedom for everyone. So he's not some God who's 
far off or uninvolved or distant. He's a relational God who came to this earth to reveal himself to us and to forgive us and to offer us eternal life. So I think the real question is, am I with God? And if not, why not today? Why not start that journey today? Let's pray together. God, I pray that just the truth of the title of this song, Emmanuel, would change us and how we live each day of our life. When things happen, when things don't go the way they need to go, that we would remember that you're with us. That you're not just with us today, you've always been with us and you're going to be with us no matter what happens in the future. But maybe you're watching today or you're here and as we're praying, you'd you'd say, you know, I'm not with God, but I want to be. And if that's you this morning, I'll lead you in a prayer to make sure that God is not only with you, but that you're with God. And you're not praying out loud. You're just praying from the quietness of your heart. Just say, Jesus, I want you to be with me. I want to start my relationship with you. I want to be forgiven of my sins. I want to lead the life you want me to lead. But I need your help. I need your guidance. And just be honest with him. Say, hey, here's Jesus, this is why. I've been scared about this, or I've been holding back. And then just invite him in to say, Jesus, come into my life and be the Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sins. For those of us that are praying that are already a Christ follower, ask God to just cement this truth into your life, that he's with you that he has been with you. You'll see that clearer as you get older. But take to heart that he's going to be with you in the future. Or he gives us so much assurance to know that you never leave us alone. No matter what we're doing, no matter what we're going through, no matter what we experience, that you're with us. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Here's what I'm going to encourage you to do. Finish filling out those connection cards, those electronic connection cards. If you have prayer requests, please put those down. If you need more information about the church, volunteering or anything, you can check those boxes and we'll have somebody follow up with you. But be praying about who you could bring with you uh, Christmas Eve. We'll add some chairs. We'll make sure uh, we got plenty of room. Uh, But we're looking forward to that and a great service. And I hope you'll join us next Sunday as we continue in this series, Christmas 2021. God bless you guys. Have a terrific Sunday afternoon, and we'll see you soon.